All right. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. Welcome to the Kristen Talk Show, episode 14. And ironically, this show is called All the Generations from Abraham to David are 14 Generations. Amen. Pastor Steve Vargas, are you with us this, this evening, sir? Yes, sir, I am, and I'm happy to be here. Amen. Amen, sir. We welcome you, sir. We welcome you. And we welcome all the listeners that's going to be listening tonight. And we thank you for following this talk show. Amen. Pastor, this this evening is going to be a powerful evening. This evening, I believe, and let me know what you think, but we think we're going to get to a root of some long-standing questions. Is that right? Absolutely. And, and you know, there are questions that sometimes as, as Christians we may find difficult to answer, but God always gives answers in his word to the most difficult of our questions. So we're really excited uh, this evening to be with everybody. And we just pray that God will move in a special way as he always does. Amen. Amen, Pastor. That's right. God is going to move and do something new. He's already doing it. So, That's so right. Pastor, so Pastor, let's let's let's. Why don't you give us an opening prayer, and let's get a, get the, the 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 atmosphere ready for the word. Amen. Father God in heaven, we just want to thank you again for having us another day able to worship, to adore, and to praise and magnify your holy name. Father God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, minds to listen, Father God, to what you have to say, Father God. We are not interested in us, Father. We are just interested in you and what you deposit in us, Father God. Father, we just ask you to be in our midst, Father God, as you have said, where two or more are gathered, you are there in their midst. And we just pray for your Holy Spirit to take control, Father God. And as we become less, that you would be increased, Father, and that you get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our, our, Our first topic, Pastor, before we jump into it, you know, the Bible yes. says that God so loved the world that he gave. You know, he so loved us that he sent his son to be sacrificed for our sins. That's right. But, you know, so so God, there, so, so God has this infinite love for his children and he loves us so deeply. And, and, and he does things for us in, in advance, like he sets the crooked road straight. And he and he has a plan or or puts us on a path. Right. My question this morning, the first question, is God always loving? What do you think about that, Pastor? I believe that absolutely God is love. And he is all loving and he loves all of his, his people. But do I believe that there are times where God gets angry? 
even with those that he loves. And I guess the best way I could put it is uh, if you have children, right, you get angry at your children sometimes. But does that mean that you don't love them? Of course not. Right. We love our children. We love our spouses. Do we get angry with them? Absolutely. Uh, anger is is an emotion that God gave us. But there are some boundaries around uh, which anger must be processed. Right. So though God loves and he loves tremendously, because as you said earlier, he gives us his son, Jesus Christ, so that we may have life. But that doesn't mean that anger doesn't come and that God doesn't get angry just because he loves. People think, well, how could somebody who's so loving, you know, uh, send somebody to hell for cussing or doing drugs or or living a, a, a homosexual lifestyle or whatever the case may be for cheating on their spouse, for you know, doing something uh, to their kids. How could a loving God let people starve? Or how could a loving God send you to hell for being disobedient? And listen, sometimes love has to bring correction. And unfortunately, because of choices that we make, it's not God wanting to send us to hell. He doesn't want to send us to hell. He doesn't want that any should perish. But sometimes we make our own decisions and we have free will, right? So in that free will, we make some decisions that could affect not only our physical life, but our eternal life. Amen? Like deciding to reject Jesus Christ into your last dying breath. So that's a decision that we have to make, right? And the Lord says, choose ye this day whom you will serve. See, we have to make a choice. And that choice is not always the right choice. Amen. Yeah, amen, sir. There, there, there are some choices out there for us to make, and God gives us that that free will. So, so, Pastor, you know, let's exactly. let's look, can we dig into this a little bit in context because, <clears throat> you know, we look at it as anger, like you said, as an emotion. But in the temple where the money changers were at, Jesus showed some emotion, and it's recorded in Matthew. 21 verses 12 through 13 and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and brought in the temple and he overturned the tables of money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons he said to them it is written my house shall not shall be called a house of, of God so if he's if he got emotional there and is God in the flesh is anger only a spiritual, a fleshly bound emotion, or does God himself display the anger? Absolutely, he displayed the anger. Look, that doesn't sound very loving, I'm sure, to most Christian people, and especially to the unsaved. He turned over the money changers 
and the chairs. Think of this. This loving, kind savior of the world overturning the, the tables and the chairs. I mean, really think of that. Right. And and he even said, like as you were quoting the scripture, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. See, the kind of anger that God displays, it's it's a righteous indignation. It's a mm -hmm. righteous anger. It, it's an emotion that definitely is given to us by God, but he gets angry at injustice. He gets angry at sin. Those are the things that, that anger him, right? And we have to be careful because, listen, uh, in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, he says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Right. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil now we're talking about sin not so you can be angry and god mm -hmm. gave us that emotion to be right. angry because we need to be angry sometimes we need to be angry when uh you know all these these recent shootings that that we've seen on the news you know if it's unjustified then yes we are angry if if we see somebody that that uh, drop kicks a, a person that's in a wheelchair or an old person and, and just punches them as we've seen people in the street just do. Of course you should be angered. If you know of somebody that has molested a child or abused a child, of course we're going to feel angry. It's an emotion that God has given to us. But in that anger, there has to be boundaries. There has to be parameters. We can't just, uh, go and do whatever we think we feel we want to do, right? I, I've heard many Christians, and we say it jokingly, but sometimes we say, oh, Lord, just give me five minutes in the flesh because we're so angry at something <laughs> and we want to handle it our own way, right? But certainly that is not the case. That is not what we should do. We can be angry, but sin not. Think about this. Uh, if If uh, you look at Matthew 5, 21 through verse 22, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It says, you have heard that it was said to those of old. You shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother now, listen to this, without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. So if you have a cause, it's OK, but you have to keep uh, in mind Ephesians, right? Don't let that anger control you and don't stay angry for a long period of time. Right. So it has boundaries and you have to harness that. You can't just go and do whatever you want. We have a king that we serve and the king gives us certain directions and we're to follow those directions, even though sometimes we may not feel like doing that. 
It's our job to follow the kingship of Christ. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Pastor, we need to follow the kingship, right? So as we follow though, pastor, I'm trying to put this in the context for for all the listeners as well. So anger can open up another door, right? It's like, like a, like a gateway, right? That's why in Ephesians, in Ephesians, we're not, we're not just supposed to stay angry. That it didn't say that don't get angry. It said don't stay angry because if we That's stay right. angry, could anger turn to hate? And that's not of God. What, 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 do you, what do you think about that, Pastor? That's right. If, if you dwell on anger too long, and, and I know I, I can speak from experience because I've been through this. I'm sure probably every Christian, every pastor, every apostle has probably been through, been through this, uh, either before he got saved or as newly saved individuals. Uh, and sometimes even as seasoned people, um, when you get angry and you let it fester and you think about it over and over and regurgitate it in your mind and regurgitate it in your mind and you start thinking about what they did or what they said and how hurt you were and how angry you got and you keep harping on it and harping on it and harping on it before you know it you start to build a root of bitterness and before you know it that root takes deep into our hearts and now you begin that process of hating and remember it says but i say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment listen you can't stay there even if you have good cause you cannot stay there you can't take one part of the bible and apply it and then ignore the other part that says don't let the sun go down while you're still angry you you you, you can't uh manipulate the scripture you've got to follow it all the scripture so first of all you got to have a reason and it's okay but then you can't sin while you're angry and then you can't continue to entertain it because then it's going to give the devil a foothold and now you're going to have hate in your heart and and that's a problem that's definitely a problem because then you have to possibly pay a consequence for what you are thinking what you feel in your heart and what you may even do in the flesh amen mm, mm, that's that's now you're going somewhere pastor because if the anger leads to hate now we're 100% in the flesh and we need to understand in context in context where <clears throat> when Jesus turned over the money changers tables and chairs although he was in the flesh he wasn't in hate right he didn't do it in hate now <clears throat> that's right because god god's always in control so he so he's never out of control right he's always in divine order so let, let me ask you a that's question right. pastor and this is not a trick question this is not a trick question but when you look at wrath, and, and so a lot of folks like, you know, different countries, wrath, am I, am I saying it correctly, right? W-R-A-T-H, wrath. Right. is great anger that expresses itself in a desire to punish someone. Wrath. So now, when does it turn 
from anger, hate, to just plain wrath. I just want to punish these set of people or this person, and I'm going to take it all out on them, and they're the cause. How, how, how does that look? How, how does God have a spin on that? Because God did kill or take out almost everything on earth during the great flood, right? Right. So how does what's the separation between the anger, the wrath? Listen, one has, I think, is is rooted in anger and bitterness and resentment and just complete flesh. One is a spiritual anger. One is a righteous anger and, and indignation. Uh, there's there's a difference between. Okay, let me give you an example. Uh, somebody tries to. Uh, some guy breaks into my house. He's, you know, he, he tries to uh, violate my wife, or strangle her, or something. Okay, uh, I have a right to be angry, right? But I also have a right to defend my wife's life, even to the point of taking somebody else's life, because that's not. See, there's a difference between killing and murder. Murder is kind of without reason, right? Like that guy, if he took my wife's life, that's murder. Now, if I'm defending my life, yes, I'm killing somebody. I'm taking their life, but I'm doing it in defense of my wife, her, uh, in defense of her life. I, I have a, a, a righteous ability to do that because this this person is acting out completely in the flesh, completely at the order, so to speak, of Satan coming to take my wife's life with ill intent. Now, I have a right to defend that. Amen. So wrath. Now, God says, listen, vengeance is mine. In other words, you can't sit there and say, well, this guy did this, I'm going to go home, load my gun, go back, and I'm going to blow them away. That's not the way the law of God works. It's not the way our legal system works. So we don't have that freedom, that ability to just make a decision on our own to go take life. We can defend, certainly, uh, the life of a loved one, or, you know, uh, if, if a police officer... Uh, shoot somebody that's that's running at them with the with a knife or with a you know pulled a weapon on them a gun to shoot you have a right to defend yourself not only in the spiritual sense but also in the legal sense so we cannot take it upon ourselves to draw wrath against someone that's god's job because god does it does it with the right heart with the right intent with justice in mind not the way we would do it right so uh you might ask for example you know like you were you were talking about god you know killing and and destroying people and and yes definitely he kills right uh so people might ask well doesn't that make god a murderer and the answer is no, it doesn't, because killing is different than murder. 
murderers with intent and with malice. Everybody. Why? Because of the wickedness of their heart, the wickedness of their mind, the wickedness of their spirit, always wanting to reject God, always wanting to hurt his people. Right. I mean, look at the, the, the flood of Noah. Right. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. All the, 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 the they had homosexuality, lesbianism, even bestiality going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. So they had no form of godliness. They didn't want to accept God. They didn't want to follow any of God's laws. So God had to take them all out, right? And it, it's kind of like, you know, how, how in, in, um, in these hate groups, right? They, they teach them. I mean, I, I saw, and they had these babies. I mean, that were like, you know, babies, babies, like, you know, six, eight months old with the little, that little, uh, what I call a dunce cap that they, that they had on that white cap and the, the cape and the whole bit. And it's like, wow, you're teaching your children to hate and to be racist, right? So as they grow up, that's what they're going to know. And that's what their seed, when, when they grow up and they're able to have children, that's the same kind of thing they're going to teach their children. And it goes on from generation to generation to generation. And the more wicked the generation, the harder it is to bring anybody out of that generation that's going to do any good. So that's when God would destroy. I mean, look at Pharaoh. Pharaoh was, was chasing God's people, right? Enslaving them and killing them and abusing them. God heard their cries and he sent Moses to go get his people out. But he gave Pharaoh chance after chance after chance, right? Plague after plague after plague, warning after warning after warning. But Pharaoh hardened his heart. And he wouldn't change and he wouldn't fear God and he wouldn't obey God. So what did God have to do? God asked to destroy him because he would, he was relentless chasing God's people. Right. So, you know, people that, that lie to the Holy spirit, you know, the people that, that lied of um, Ananias and his wife, uh, Sapphira, which is found in Acts five, three, Right lying against the Holy Spirit. I mean, these are serious, serious things. And we need to consider what we're doing at all times. Because listen, yes, it could cost you your life. People that, that have mocked God, you know, people that uh, in, in the middle uh, of, of, uh, of their sentence have dropped of a heart attack, you know, and some people say, well, you know, that's coincidence. I, I don't know. I don't I, I just don't don't think so. I think that there are definite times where you will pay a price for what you do. And the Bible is very clear that, that, listen, the wages of sin is death. It's death. Whether it's immediate or whether it's long term. Listen, if you don't repent, turn from your sin and obey God, you will be held accountable and you will pay a price. And at the end, it will be a very heavy price 
if you have rejected Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen, sir. You know, this, uh, and, and, uh, and I'm just trying to bring it home for, for, for listeners. So the sixth commandment, which reads, <clears throat> and this is found in Exodus 20, 13, thou shalt not kill. So he told us not to kill. How could God kill? Well, if you actually read the actual, there, there's uh, different translations, obviously. But if you go into the Hebrew word, it's actually, thou shall not murder. Thou shalt not murder. And that's what God is talking about. To kill without a firm reason and a firm defense. You can't just go out and murder people. Like to rob them or to abuse or to to beat somebody to death just because you're angry. God doesn't give you that right. He's the author of life. And he's the one that makes the decision, right? We hold on to the laws of God and the laws of man. And certainly in self-defense, we can kill. But that's not murdering somebody. It's taking a life, yes. But it's not murder. You don't have any evil intent. You don't have uh, 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 hate against this person. You're just defending life. Yeah, so God is God, right? And, and God Amen. is the and author he's and finisher. And he's sovereign, right? He's self-sovereign, right? He, he, does, he, he, That's right? he reports to no one. He's God all by himself. And That's when right. and, and, and you, and you're going in the right direction, Pastor, especially when you said when... Pharaoh was chasing Moses and Israel, Israelites. When somebody chases his children, when they're chasing or distracting the children to a point where they're no longer serving and pleasing to God, he's self-sovereign. He's the judge. He's the, he's the finisher. (laughs) He's the creator. That's right. Right. He said, I am that of, I am. He said, I'm the alpha and omega. That's the beginning and the end. And when you get to the end, you got to go back to the beginning, which is God. That's right. You know, Pastor, you know, Pastor, because of time, I got to get into this next question because because we're talking about, you know, God, his sovereignty, anger, excuse me, hate. God still loves us. But did God create imperfection? Because we're in, we're we know that we're not perfect because we're we're in in the flesh, but did God create or inject imperfection? You know, I I was asked uh, this question not too long ago, and it's like, well, you know, God created uh, imperfection; He created uh, imperfect. Uh, person in Satan because how did sin come into the world right if Satan didn't exist yet there was no evil yet yet it says that pride was found in Satan and he tried to convince or he did convince a third of the angels to go with him. And he wanted to become as God, as powerful, as knowledgeable, as you wanted to be worshipped. 
right? So how did sin come into him if there was no Satan to place sin in his heart? So it's like, oh, wow, wait a minute. Okay, well, did Adam and Eve, did were they the, the ones that, that first sinned? And a lot of people say, well, yeah, they're the one, you know, she ate the apple and gave it to, to Adam. Yeah, but who was there? The craftiest of all animals who was there enticing them? The snake. It, there was evil already. Right? So you figure, well, did Satan then have sin when God created him? Is it God's fault that sin then came into the world because he created Satan? And you and I were talking about this. And God gave us all emotion. We've been talking about anger, right? God gave us emotion. God gave us love. God gave us all these wonderful attributes, all these wonderful feelings and things that, 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 that are deposited into man and, and woman, right? And it's like, well, then who enticed Satan? Well, remember what we were talking about. We were talking about, is there, did God give us anger? Yes, but there's parameters around that anger. There's boundaries and we can't misuse it. And we can't just take it upon ourselves to do whatever we want. And we can't stay angry. And, and we can't just let uh, bitterness and unforgiveness and all this come in, right? So God gave Satan all these feelings that we, that we have, right? However, it says pride was found in him. So... He had pride, which is a good thing. You know, you can be proud of your work, proud of your family, proud of your ministry or, or what have you. And there's nothing wrong with that. A, a good, healthy pride, not, not, not the pride that, oh, you want to build yourself up. But a, a, a good pride, pride of an accomplishment, you know, of uh, education, uh, of learning, you know, of, you know, uh, God gifted you with certain talents and abilities. There's a pride in that, but it's it's all given to the master, the pride. It's like, oh, wow, it's because of God that I achieved this, right? It's in its proper place. But here, Satan wanted to take it further. See, that wasn't, there wasn't any sin in him, so to speak, uh, or nobody to entice him to sin, but he misused pride, which was given to him. But see, we can misuse the gifts that God gives us, right? I'll give you an example. God maybe gives us uh, uh, an ability, uh, a supernatural ability to play uh, basketball, right? And we take that that gift and, and, and become a part of the NBA and get all the accolades. And before you know it, you start to act like you don't need God. Like it's your talent. It's your skill. It's your training, your ability. It's like, eh, God didn't give this to me. I train myself. You ever heard people, I'm a self-made millionaire. Yeah. When the Bible says 
It is God who gives the power to gain wealth. Right? So when you start taking it yourself and wanting to build it yourself, you can make it something that it is not. I'll give you another example. If if you gave me a gun, okay, because you, you've been in the military, you have a weapon, I come over to your house, I see it, and wow, what a beautiful gun, and wow, you know, this, that, and the other, and we start talking about it, oh, you know, I have, I have several uh, weapons, Pastor, you know, I collect them, or whatever, and you give one to me, okay, and you give me the ammunition, is that evil? No. Because you gave it to me? No, no, no. Okay. Do I have the choice and can I take that gun, load it, go to a McDonald's, a Jack in the Box, a mall, whatever, and open fire on people killing them? You could. Can I? Okay. Is that your fault? No. Did you put that in me? No, didn't, no. didn't even, was unaware you were going to try, try to think like that, right? Exactly. So you're thinking pure and innocent. You're thinking, wow, I want to, I want to bless my pastor with this uh, weapon because, you know, he likes it. He wants to put it up on the mantle, the fireplace, whatever. Right. And I go and I use it for evil. That's not your fault. That's mine. It's the same thing. God gave Satan all these feelings that, that, that he gives us. He chose to misuse what was given to him. And that's how sin came in. You, he you chose to disobey yeah. God. Yes. Go you ahead. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because if you, if you look at it in context, <clears throat> and, and I think this is where people get confused at, because <clears throat> a lot of the question is, did God create Satan? And the answer is no. Nope. He, he created Lucifer. Right. What was Lucifer in the Bible, Pastor? He's a beautiful angel. Is that right? That's right. He's a worship leader in heaven. So, so no, God didn't create Satan. He created nope. Lucifer. And like you said, Pastor, because of that pride. Look, <clears throat> God's sovereignty, the choice, the will, extends to Satan as well. Extends to Lucifer. Lucifer chose to go that route. Right. And that route that he chose got him as a fallen angel. What do you think about that? That's right. Absolutely. It's like, okay, God gave you uh, emotion, right, of anger, right? It's an, an emotion. You know, we have that fight or flight uh, response, right, when, when you're being threatened or what have you. But if you choose to go against God laws and you go and you murder people, that's not God's doing. It's not his fault. You can't say, well, he created a murderer in Minister Germain, right? Or he created a murderer if I was doing it in, in, in Pastor Caesar. No, that's a choice that we made and it's free will and God does not violate free will. So we have a choice. We can misuse everything that God gives us. 
right? Uh, say even even an, an actor, you know, you're, you're a phenomenal actor, and you we've seen we've all seen some great great actors, right? Uh, but instead of uh, you know what whatever actor you you want to name, you, you know, name your 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 favorite favorite actor in a great movie, right? Well. If you have that gifting and that talent from God and you decide, well, I want to make quick money and I want to, you know, do whatever I want to do. And you get into porno movies. You've got this gift for acting and you're misusing the gift to do something perverted. So everybody is given gifts and talents and abilities and emotions, and you're given parameters and boundaries on how to use these. And when you come out of God's will, and you start doing what you want to do, that's when the proverbial all hell breaks loose. Because you're no longer uh, operating under the will of the Almighty. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. So, so pastor, um, <clears throat> so God <clears throat> knowing Satan would rebel a Lucifer would rebel is not the same thing as making Lucifer rebel and turn into Satan okay. or get be a fallen angel. Not. Now, keeping it right there, God, because he's omnipotent, all-knowing, he's able to use the actions of evil to bring about his holy plan. What's your take? Absolutely. He can take what is meant for evil and use it for good. Amen. Some people go through the toughest times. You know, women that, that have been raped or children that have been abused or, or people that have been in drugs or people that have uh, been uh, in prison for years. And God will use those very people and all that suffering and heartache and pain and give them the strength to somehow get through that. And then they can in turn reach out to others who are going through currently or who have gone through that recently or whatever and they have God that they can count on and they have these people that they can talk with and they can say listen this is how I got through it this is what you can do listen don't give up listen your life is better than this listen you can do this and on and on and on and sometimes those become the greatest mentors if you will the the best uh guiders for you because they've been through it. They can not only sympathize, they can empathize with you. And they've been through it. So they can say, listen, I've been there. I've gone through this. And I know what you're feeling because I felt this. And that's when you feel like, thank you, Jesus. I, I didn't know. I, I, I thought I was alone in all this. And you're not. God always provides a way out for sin, God always provides help somebody to minister to you. The Holy Spirit, first and foremost, his spirit. And then he puts people in place 
that can also help and guide and direct. Listen, my spiritual father, who, who just passed away uh, less than a year ago, this is a guy that was in gangs, in prison, had stabbed a, a guy in jail seven times, left him for dead, who was a heroin addict, right? We used to rob people at gunpoint and what have you, but all tattooed on his, you know, the back of his head and his neck and, you know, face and chest all over the place. And God used that very man that got saved in prison, got out of prison, and helped me on my journey when I first wanted to start serving God. This man poured his life into me and taught me so much. I'm forever eternally grateful to God and to this man for God putting this man in my life and allowing him to deposit all these gold nuggets that I got from him. See, the devil said, this guy is useless. He's a menace to society, and that's what I love. I want him to continue doing this for the rest of his life until the day he dies. Then I can have his soul. And God was like, I don't think so. I'm going to call him in prison. He's going to get saved and he's going to serve me the rest of his life. And out of him is going to come a pastor. Is that amazing? It's all to his glory, pastor. Amen. Using what people would call the worst of society. Yet he became a pastor and he poured so much into me. And yet I got called by God as a pastor. That, that, that to me is just amazing, amazing. And had he not gone through everything he had gone through, who knows if I would be here doing what I'm doing? Who knows if I wouldn't have kept going down the path? I'm sure God would have tried to get my attention, but thank God he got my attention at that point and then he started pouring into me early. Amen? You know, you, you, make, you make the clear distinction on why... Jesus was here. So at the wedding, Jesus was asked to turn the water to wine. That water was used to wash their hands before they entered the ceremony. So, you know, back in the day, there were, you know, sheep, goat herders, cow herders, or, you know, people work, workers and you no know, wood and dirt. And, you know, so they have to wash their feet and their hands before they enter. So this water, you know, people have cuts on their hands, may have had a little, little, blood in it or uh, uh, germs, a lot of germs in it, and dirt in it, right? So this is like the worst water, Pastor. You remember the story? Right. Yes. So now, so now Jesus said, fill it up. Now take some out and give it to the bridegroom. <laughs> so, you know, the servants were like, to themselves, were like, uh, you, you want to... <laughs> You want to drink this, you know, COVID nineteen water? You know, you want to, yeah, you want to take it. Filthy water, <laughs> water, the worst of the worst. Worst, the worst of the worst. But because Jesus, that water they they used to fill it up, that was this Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Ruach Aha Kadesh, the, the 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 Spirit, the breath, right, right, Pastor. They poured it in there. Amen. 
representing Jesus, pouring himself into us, taking that water, being the worst, ready to be discarded water, to the best of the best. And that's what he does to us, that's Pastor. Right. And, and you know, because like you mentioned, your spiritual father, God has a plan. And, and people need to look at it in this context. And let me know what you think about this, Pastor. <clears throat> they need to look at it in this context where God is the judge. So when you go to court, right. Pastor, you go to court, the judge listens to both sides. He's looking at the case. He's looking at the facts. And sometimes, Pastor, the judge says, I allow it. Because he knows, God knows, it's going to be for his glory. Amen. What do you think about that, Pastor? Amen. Absolutely. I think God is sovereign and we've got to trust him. And listen, just like in, in, in the world, you, you, you break a law, you know, uh, the judge may show you mercy and grace. If a cop pulls you over, he may show you, you know, just give you a warning and what have you. But there are some times where we violate the law either so often or so egregiously that you have to pay a consequence. You're, uh, it's one thing to get a speeding ticket for going 10, 15 miles an hour over the speed limit, right? That's not the same as driving 115 or racing, you know, in a, in a 35 uh, mile an hour zone and you're, you're going 115 or something, you know, and it's reckless driving and you end up losing your license. You may even end up in jail for a little bit. You know, there's a difference in the price you may have to pay uh, 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 um, a uh, drunk driver who's caught multiple, multiple times and maybe was getting a slap on the wrist, a slap on the wrist, a slap on the wrist. You know, the judge is trying to be merciful and and show him grace and, and trying to get him help and whatever. But after a while, it's like, OK, listen, this is just too much. I've got to put you in jail. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll put you, we put you into several programs, but you're just simply violating the law and you're going to end up killing yourself or killing someone else. So I'm going to put you away for six months so you can think about this. And in that time, many do, they're like, wow, man, you know, that, that was, that was hard. I, I never want to come back to this place again. And, and listen, I'm going to obey and I'm going to follow every traffic law that I'm done with this. And I missed my family and I lost my job and, you know, I missed my kids. And, and yeah, th this beverage is just not worth it to me. And it, it, it cleans them. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen that, that, that program Scared Straight. Oh, when yeah. they take these youths and, and they, they, they put them to what life is really like in prison and before you know it, they're, they're, they're now uh, talking about, oh, wanting to go to school and wanting to get a job and wanting to get into sports and whatever. Why? Because they experience this tremendous fear, you know, of like the realities of, of prison. And the judge is the one that, that, you know, made them go. It's like, OK, you're going you're gonna to spend a day in here or you're going to spend a couple of days or whatever. Right. And and they they learned a lesson. So sometimes, yes, God shows us mercy and grace, but sometimes God says, okay, listen, on this one, you need, you need to learn. So I'm going to allow you to go through some things 
that are not going to be very pleasant. But they're going to make you realize and they're going to make you call out to me to, from where your help comes from, right? You're going to call out to me and listen, I'm going to change your life from the inside out. And then I'm going to use you to help other people that are in these situations. So God is loving, very, very, very loving. But he's also a just father. And he also disciplines those whom he loves. Amen. Just like we do as parents. No, absolutely right, Pastor. And you know, one one of the things I know we talked about God being a judge, and 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 you and you talked about <clears throat> from within. Because Pastor, here here in the physical, you know, we, like you said, we go to court, speeding ticket, whatever it is, <clears throat> the case that your spiritual father ran into, he landed in 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 prison. But that's because in the physical, we judge people's actions. You do something, this happens. You do this, that happens. That's an action. God right. judges our heart. He knows that's what's right. in our hearts, Pastor. And that's what he judges. What's your comment on that right. one, Pastor? Absolutely. He judges the heart, and he's the only one who knows the hearts of men. Amen. He knows the thoughts of men. He knows before you ever commit the action, he already knows. This is why it's important for us to stay very connected to God. Very connected. Because then we can hear his voice. Then we can obey his word. We're not resisting and rebelling and, and you know... We're, we're actually trying to do our best with his spirit within us. And he'll guide us and he'll direct us and he'll place people in our paths to help. We just got to trust him. Amen. That's right, Pastor. And you won't even, you won't believe this, Pastor, but that's the hour. Wow. <laughs> Amen. God is working. And he's teaching us, and we're going through these scriptures and, and, and all the examples that you gave. It shows how just and loving he really is. Yes. Amen. He it, really is. It shows how from the beginning, the timestamp. When did all this happen? It happened in the beginning. From the beginning, the all-knowing one knew Things would get out of control, yet his word would stand to keep everything in control. Amen. 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 Pastor, you have any final comments for uh, our listeners? Yes. Uh, I would like to comment that I don't want anybody to be confused. I want people to know that absolutely God is love. He's a loving father. He's not willing that any of us should perish. He wants to be completely in our lives. He wants us to be intimate with him. But I also think we need to keep in mind that he is a just God. And even when things come down that we may not always understand, may not always like, may not always want, we have to know that God always, always 
has the best intentions for our lives. Amen. Amen, Pastor. And thank you so much for revealing and giving us all those examples and connecting all of it to Scripture. Amen. We appreciate you, sir. Uh, Thank you so Pastor, it, I think we'll, we're ready to, to give the closing prayer. You, you mind if I uh, give the closing prayer, Pastor? Oh, please do so. Amen. Heavenly Father, our creator, the author and finisher, the mighty one, the healer, redeemer, waymaker, Red Sea divider. We thank you. Thank you for putting this together, knowing that we can answer these questions that people have. They may have it in their souls, in their minds. They may not have said it, but these are some of the questions, and we thank you for answering it with Scripture. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for pulling us together, for working this ministry, working this talk show to develop your children. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for just loving us so much that you gave. You gave your son and you gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us back to you. We bless you. We uplift you. We put your name on high. Continue to bless your children. Continue to give them more. Bless the pastor. Bless his family. These and all things we ask for in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Pastor. Yes, sir. This was another good talk show, Pastor. Amen. Amen. I pray that God's people received and were blessed this evening. Amen. Amen and hallelujah. We want everyone to tune in on Saturdays at 730. Continue to follow us on the Christian Talk Show. Stay blessed. Stay healthy. And remember... That you, you have the power, the power. Amen. Amen.